Today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. I don't know the first thing about investing my money, and it is all so overwhelming, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I love that Acorns makes it so easy and how you don't need a lot of money to get started. So head to acorns.com creepers or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Paid non-client endorsement may not be representative of all clients. Tier 1 compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com creepers. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC, Acorns, is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. This week's sponsor is absolutely perfect for true crime fans, especially those of us that love a twisty, turny murder mystery. June's Journey is a game set in the Roaring Twenties. June's sister Claire and her husband Harry were found dead, and June is certain that they've been murdered. Now she must travel to New York, where her sister's estate was, to look after her niece and solve the mystery of Claire's death. You go along the journey with June, searching for hidden objects in different locations from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris, uncovering hidden clues to solve the mystery as you go. I'm already on chapter six and the mystery has gotten so good. I cannot wait to uncover more clues. I'm also loving how you get to customize your very own luxurious estate island. That's right. Let your imagination run wild as you decorate your island with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. My pool is literally insane. It has a waterfall. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free on iOS and Android. I have an important update for you. Oh, give it to me. Me and your dad are officially Facebook friends. (gasps) You are? Yes. Who added who? He added me. And oh. I obviously accepted. I have to tell you, that is high, high praise because my dad doesn't have Facebook friends. Oh, that's like, amazing. Like, he doesn't seek out Facebook friends. I mean, he had to type my name in the search bar. Or he had to click on your name from some creeper's pod Post. thing or something. Well, and as you know, that is a big deal because me and my own mother are not Facebook friends. <laughs> By and choice. I'll let you what? guess as to why, but... <laughs> Uh, so it's a big deal on both sides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes uh. Welcome to another episode of True Crime Creepers, where we talk about all the real life creeps from serial killers to con artists. I'm Kristen, the true crime fanatic who loves to tell these stories. And I'm Mo Gap, the true crime newbie who hasn't heard any of them. We've gotten really good at that. Oh, it's like I still have to read it every time. Really? (laughs) It's episode 25. Hey, do you know how to say Balad, Iraq? Is it Balad, Ballad? I need to look at this. What language is that? English. It's a city. Balad, Iraq. Iraq. Oh, sorry. I'm used to Iraq. Which I know oh. is wrong, but I was like, what are you saying? I thought you were saying E as in like and in Spanish, like Elos, whatever. And I was like, what language are you speaking? 
Like I was in Spanish thinking like something e. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay, uh, I am I just going to Google that. So <laughs> Are we talking about the Middle East? Life doesn't happen biweekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 a day or $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck, and then access your money as you earn it instead of having to wait for it to hit your account. Any money you access, including any optional tips, are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. It is a much-needed alternative to predatory payday lenders for people that find themselves in a bind, like a bill due Wednesday when payday isn't until Friday. Or you're like me and you're just getting slammed with birthdays. Why are all my friends Tauruses? With Earn In, I don't have to worry about being late with a gift because I had to wait for payday. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Creepers under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Creepers under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Well, we are talking about a military cover-up mm. of the murder of Lavina Johnson in the Middle East. Yes. Um. This. Where did this take place? Where is this person from? Well, funny enough, she's from pretty close to O'Fallon, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have some weird obsession or what? <laughs> but it took place on the on the army base in Balad, Iraq. Okay, interesting. This sounds familiar, but like not. I, I wonder if maybe I. When was this? Tell me. Two thousand five. Okay. All right. Well, I was busy in two thousand five. No, I probably had no idea about this. Well established. All right. Do you want to um, just keep asking me for small details or? um... (laughs) Yes. What were you doing in 2005? I was actually getting ready to go away to college because it's on July 18th, 2005. Oh, same. So yeah, because we went. Mm -hmm. So did you do classes somewhere other than Texas State first? Yeah, I went to San Jack here, community college. Yeah, for a year. Um, yep, the old community college try. Hey, that <laughs> I went to community college for a summer in between because uh. I was too scared <laughs> to take my PE credit at Texas State. I didn't oh want to damage God. my reputation. The PE credits were the best. I took billiards and self-defense. Ah, uh, I forgot about billiards and bowling, uh-huh. right? Was a one that a lot Tons of people Tons of people took bowling and golf. Golf. Oh, bowling gosh. and See, golf. See, now I'm mad. Game. I should have taken golf. Yeah, they even had wakeboarding. Well, we all know that I went back home to the community college where I was taking water aerobics <laughs> and promptly leaving water aerobics to go work second shift at the Waffle House. So it was Waffle House, water aerobics, Waffle House. Those were your days. <laughs> yeah, that was all I was doing in 2005. Okay. All right. On July 18th, 2005, the body of 19-year-old Lavina Johnson was found in a military contractor's tent in Balad, Iraq, where 19? she was deployed. 19? So she was my age. Like, that is too young. I know. First responders arrived, and they found Lavina shot in the head. She was eight days away from her 20th birthday. Oh, 
The Army investigated and declared it to be a suicide, citing no signs of foul play. But I have so many questions about how they came to that conclusion. So many questions that I don't think the Army can answer, or they at least don't want to answer. So get ready to flip that table, Mogab, because I'm pretty sure the Army needs to be out here answering for their crimes this week. Wait, I'm going to have a real hard time with this, aren't I? I just don't know how hard I'm going to – like, I just have a lot of family, and this is going to be hard for me, I think. Yeah, maybe so. I'm going to hate everything about this. This episode was suggested to me by my friends in the military, so it's not that it's anti-military. It's just that there are these issues that have been rampant in the military that they need to address. So my sources for this episode are all over the place, so I'll just list them in the (laughs) show notes. It's a cover-up, so it's really hard to find sources. (laughs) Imagine that. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Lavina Johnson. Lavina Johnson was born on July 27th, 1985, to her mother, Linda Johnson, and her father, Dr. John Johnson. She grew up in Florissant, Missouri, which is 30 minutes from O'Fallon. <laughs> All the Missouri people out there. Yeah. She was one of five siblings, and she was a smart, compassionate, conscientious person. She was almost always on the honor roll in school. She loved getting involved in her community and giving back. And she was a huge recycling advocate and donated blood regularly to the Salvation Army. She was also a member of PETA, and she would volunteer to feed the homeless. That is all wonderful. I have a confession real quick. Okay. Uh, I was very much not anti-recycling, I would say, but all of my Delta Gamma sisters that live with me in the DG house knows that I maybe didn't top make that a top priority. Um, I would just like to say that my stance on that has changed for everyone that's listening that knows me. Very pro-recycling. Oh. Just want to put that out there. More like reuse than recycle. Reusing is great. Yes. If you can reuse, if you can like thrift, you know, recycle yeah. that way. But throwing your plastic water bottles into your recycling bin each week and feeling good about yourself that that plastic is going to be reused, it's not. Okay. Look, let's not crush everyone's dreams. We're already going to just <laughs> decline enlistment numbers so it's just (laughs) not also attack planet earth at the same time and i you know i don't want to decline enlistment numbers i want well maybe i want (laughs) things to change though like women should be able to join the army and not get murdered or raped like that should be a thing by their fellow servicemen and then like those servicemen should be punished like that should be a thing and Mm -hmm. it's not well Yes, I feel like all men who rape women should be punished. <laughs> I guess that's true. It is not. Yeah, it is not just the. Military. I think all men should be punished today. I'm <laughs> out on the. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm having a day, and I'm out on the male population. They probably whole. they probably done something wrong. <laughs> <sighs> that is where I'm at today. <laughs> uh, Lavina graduated high school in 2004, which so did I. And she decided she wanted to do something positive for her country and give back in another way. She wanted to follow in her father's footsteps. Her dad, John Johnson, he had served in the Army for three years before going to college and getting his doctorate in psychology. Lavina didn't see the Army as a calling or something that she was meant to do. 
She saw the Army as a really good deal. She really wanted to go to college and then become a movie producer, and she figured if she joined the Army, she could pay for herself to go to college. Her parents had also saved up and had money to pay for her school, but she said she didn't want to be a burden, and she told them to put that money toward her sister's degree. It's just another instance that shows the kind of person that she was. Hmm. Her parents weren't exactly thrilled that Lavina wanted to join the army, but she was a very independent person and she'd made up her mind. Lavina felt like it would be good for her. Even though she was only 5'1 and 110 pounds, she was mentally tough. She'd taught herself martial arts and she saw the army as a challenge for her. So right after high school, Lavina entered into basic training and she was an exemplary soldier, one of the best. Have you ever thought about joining the army or the military? I do sometimes when I'm falling off Weight Watchers. I'm like, I just need someone to yell at me and make me run for days. I thought about joining the Coast Guard because then you could like be out in the water. And then Mm. my friend who joined the Coast Guard, I'm like friends with her on Facebook. She joined the Coast Guard and she posted this picture from basic training of all of them in a squat holding their guns out. Mm -hmm. And like they had to hold that position for an extended period of time. And I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I could not. Motion sickness, too. It's like when I changed my major because I was scared of the dark. I was like, crimes don't happen in broad daylight. I'm out. (laughs) Within a year of graduating high school, she was deployed to Balad, Iraq. But she stayed in near constant communication with her family. She'd send them letters regularly, but she also lucked out with a job in the communication center, so she had really easy access to the phone there. In Lavina's letters and phone calls home, she always seemed really upbeat and happy. She'd complain about things like the giant scorpions and spiders and the unforgiving heat, but in general, her letters seemed like she was doing okay. In her first letter to her parents, she told them how female soldiers were called soul. Because they're only half a soldier. Ha 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 ha. Ew. And I'm sure it's not a surprise to many people that women weren't exactly being welcomed with open arms into the army or any branch of the military. But overall, Lavina really seemed to like it over there. She was never saying she wanted to go home. She described the nights in Iraq as beautiful. And she talked about being excited the first time that she saw camels. (laughs) I was excited the first time I saw camels, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm Iraq. sure I would be in their, like, natural habitat. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw camels when I rode one at the Houston Rodeo. <laughs> so, you know, it feels a little lackluster, I guess, second time around. But Yeah, that's true. I'm sure, like, seeing them, yeah, in the desert would be awesome. <laughs> On July 14th, 2005, three days before she died, Lavina called her parents. And during this phone call, she told her dad a story that made him a little nervous for her. Part of her duties with the communication center is that she opens it each morning and then closes it each night. Well, one night she was closing down the center, but there were still several male soldiers in there and they refused to leave. A general actually had to come in and order the soldiers out. And instead of scolding them for not leaving when they were supposed to, he told Lavina her voice was too soft and they wouldn't listen to her. Her dad told her that she needed to go to her superior and get assigned a battle buddy, someone who acts like a partner and you both look out for each other. But she really didn't feel comfortable telling a superior what to do. And so she never made that request. Like a big and little? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I hate myself for that. 
I think it's less a mentor and more just like a buddy, like a peer, but you check in with each other. You just are watching out for each other while you're there. Mm -hmm. So three days later, on Sunday morning, July 17th, 2005, Lavina called her parents for the last time. She said she was really excited because her unit would be cycling back to the States in a few months, and then she'd be in the States for a whole year before she would be going back to Iraq. Oh, yeah. And then after that second tour, she was planning on getting out of the army so that she could go to college. So she had this whole plan worked out for herself. I think that's what my cousin did. Yeah. Yeah. And every year, her family had a tradition of decorating their Christmas tree the Saturday after Thanksgiving. But during this call, Lavina asked them to wait for her because she'd be back soon after that. And she didn't want them to decorate the tree without her. Oh, my God. My heart is broken in two. I know. She also mentioned that she was starting a new job in Iraq, and she'd be attending a class the next day on what that job would be. Later, after she got off the phone with her dad, two of her friends came by her room, and they knocked on the door, but no one answered. And they just shrugged it off. They figured she was out. They'd catch her later. But they came by again the next morning so that they could all walk to that class together. And this time when no one answered, they got worried, and they reported her missing. Does she have, like, her own room? I figured they kind of were, like, in a barrack situation where it's, like, multiple bunk beds. Yes, they are in a barrack situation, and I'm not really sure about the details of if she had roommates, so I'm not really sure what the sleeping arrangements were. Her body was not in that room, so if she had roommates... Then they knew she was missing all night. Okay. Her body was finally found on July 19th at around 1.20 in the morning. Mm. She was found in a contractor's tent, dead with a gunshot wound. Lots of private companies have military contracts, so it's not just soldiers that are on these bases. There are also all of these contractors. And she wasn't supposed to be in any of those contractor's tents. So it's really weird that she would end up there. Her normal schedule was that she usually got off around four to five and then she'd have physical training. So after work, she'd go back to the barracks. She'd put on her PT uniform, which is like a gray T-shirt, gray sweatpants, tennis shoes and a reflective belt. A a grow fit. A grow fit? I think that's what the kids call it. Yeah. Gray on gray. I sound old, but I learned about it from (laughs) the college kids. Okay. They were like, oh, my grow fit. And it's like a gray sweatshirt and like gray sweatpants. (laughs) Oh, my God. Google it. It's weird. Well, that's what she was wearing when her body was found, was her PT uniform. The military said that instead of going to PT, she went to hang out with a male friend of hers for several hours. And then she went to the PX, which is the store on the base, and she went shopping. She bought a candy bar and a soda. And then this male friend walks her back to the barracks. Male friend? Like a military? Another soldier? Yes, another soldier. But she never made it to PT and no one looked for her. She was dressed for PT, but she decided to skip it and hang out with this guy because it's okay to skip things when you're in the army. Definitely not. And this guy, no one even knows who he is because his name has never been released to anyone. The day her body was found, July 19th, 2005, representatives of the army went to her parents' house. And her mom and dad spotted them walking up the drive. That's the worst. Uniforms coming up the driveway. Yeah, they knew immediately what it meant. When your family member is deployed and you see two soldiers walking up, you know it is bad news. Wait, you said that was happening the 19th? So same day. They Mm -hmm. found her 1 a.m. and then Mm -hmm. these uniforms come. Yes, they found her at 1 a.m. 
Iraq time. So 1.20 a.m. there on the 19th would have been about 5.30, here oh, the night before. 18th. So then on okay. the 18th. So she, she died our time on the 18th. And so they're telling her basically within 24 hours, mm-hmm. telling her parents. They tell them that Lavina was dead. And one of them even mentioned a self-inflicted wound. <gasps> uh-huh. That day. And when Dr. Johnson says, are you saying my daughter killed herself? He backtracked and said, oh, no, it's still under investigation. They wouldn't say what kind of wound. They wouldn't answer any questions. And Dr. Johnson didn't get any answers until he started his own investigation into his daughter's death. Hell yeah, Dr. J. Mm-hmm. Where did you say the gunshot wound was? Her head? Mm-hmm. But he immediately had a bad feeling. The military recommended a closed casket because they said her face may not be intact. (gasps) Dr. Johnson wasn't given any information except that she took her own life. But he didn't understand why a closed casket was necessary if it was a suicide. So he refused. He said, I want an open casket. And at the funeral, he took a good look at her. And her face was not as destroyed as he was led to believe. But he started noticing a few odd things. Things that didn't match up with what he'd been led to believe. Oh, my God. Is it is it his daughter? Yeah, it's at her funeral. Uh, I know, but I just was like, did they switch the body? See, now oh. you got me thinking all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> it's her body, yes. But he noticed a bump on her nose that looked like her nose had been reconstructed. He then found the bullet hole. It was a small hole on the left side of her head just past her hairline. Dr. Johnson asked about the hole, and they said that that was the exit wound. But exit wounds are usually much larger than entrance wounds because the bullet – I actually looked all this up. Hmm. They're larger because the bullet slows down while it's moving all around inside the person's body. Yeah. So because it's slower, it has to push harder to get through the other side, and it usually takes more out with it. Okay. Disgusting, but makes sense. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but this hole was the size of a nine millimeter, just a perfect small hole. Hmm. What the army says happens is that she shot herself with her M16 through her mouth. Uh, and that the bullet, the hole in the, like right here in her forehead, right past her hairline, was the exit wound of that bullet shot in her mouth. But An M16? An M16, yeah. The bullet of an M16 turns sideways when it hits a person, and it causes major destruction. A doctor that worked on victims of M16s said it is a ghastly thing to see. Like, that is the word he used. Ghastly. Exit wounds from M16s can reach the size of an orange. I just cut one to put my sangria (laughs) (laughs) but they're saying she shot herself in the mouth and this small hole in her head is where the bullet exited the bullet that was never ever found by the way then he noticed her gloves so she's dressed in full military uniform for her funeral they've put her in the full regalia yes Right. So it wasn't odd that they dressed her with gloves. But what was odd was that the gloves were glued to her hands. I am appalled by all of this. (laughs) 
We should put that on a t-shirt. I'm appalled by all of this. Ugh, I got scrunch face. I've got scrunch face. Yeah, and according to the funeral director, this is completely outside of the norm. He'd never heard of gloves being glued on. Her father immediately felt like the only reason he could think of that her gloves would be glued on was to hide something on her hands. Here's a question. All of Mm -hmm. the stuff that Dr. Johnson is doing, like I'm picturing maybe this is because they had time prior to the actual funeral starting, but I'm Mm -hmm. picturing him at the viewing, like poking around, pulling stuff (laughs) off, like in front of everyone. Is he like in a private thing before this started? I mean, it just sounds like he's doing a thorough, (laughs) he's doing like a thorough head to toe thing. I have to think that either he's looking at her at the viewing and noticing all of these things and then asking the funeral director about it afterwards, or he was meeting with the funeral director beforehand and viewing her beforehand and asking him, like, why are these gloves glued on? What's Mm -hmm. this bullet hole in her or what's this hole in her head? The gloves thing thing is so weird. What would they want to hide on her hands? Why would they care? Mm -hmm. The army completed their investigation and determined that Lavina had gone into that tent and shot herself because her boyfriend of two months had recently broken up with her. Oh, please. Two months. Right. No. And Lavina Johnson had no history with depression or any other mental health issues, and she'd never so much as talked about suicide before. So it's ridiculous to say that the motive for her was that her boyfriend of two months broke up with her. I mean, I'm not an expert. You know more than me. I think it's possible that someone could take their own life never having mentioned it before. Yes. I think especially if you have like a major traumatic experience, it's Mm -hmm. possible to do that. But she didn't have any mental health issues. And so if the army is right and she killed herself, it was not because her boyfriend of two months broke up with her. Yeah. It would be because of something else, which I don't believe she killed herself. But they said that she'd printed off some emails from him, the breakup emails, stuffed them in her pocket, and went to buy a candy and a soda from a store with that guy. They came back to the barracks, but Lavina left by herself a little while later. She walked inside the tent. For whatever reason, she decided on this contractor's tent to do it. Mm -hmm. She found a can of aerosol. She lit the emails on fire and then set a small fire in the tent. But it, I was really confused about this fire because if you look at crime scene photos, I don't see any like real damage to the tent from the fire. So it wasn't like the tent went up in flames or anything like that. Well, I know everyone's here for my food hot takes, but you don't get dumped and are that sad about it and go get candy and a soda. Okay. Right. You're going to get wine and like a cigarette. <laughs> so, and then she went and hung out with him. Yeah. Like, not her. No, it was her. Oh, a different guy. Yeah. Cause her boyfriend broke up with her over email. So he's not a soldier. If he is, he's not there. He's Got not it. on this base. There wasn't a lot of information, but the, except that they found these breakup emails. So she walked into the tent, found the, lit the emails on fire. With the can of aerosol that she found, she then put the M16 in her mouth and fired. And there was a can of aerosol and a box of matches found in the tent. So the army concluded suicide. Mm. But it seems like the way the autopsy was run, they'd concluded suicide from the start. 
because they performed the autopsy as you would for a suicide. Like there are certain things you would always do in an autopsy for a homicide. Things like run a rape kit, collect swabs from under the fingernails. There were things Dr. Johnson could see visually on her body at the funeral that should have led them to treat this at the very least as a potential homicide. Right. But it's like they hadn't even entertained the notion. In August, the family pushed the military for information. Dr. Johnson asked the medical examiner why a rape kit wasn't performed, and he said, because there was no sign of a struggle. Two weeks later, a casualty liaison officer told Johnson that the evidence was so messed up that it would take a year to work out. So no sign of a struggle, evidence so messed up, but it's just labeled a suicide. I'm sorry. T's and P's for that job. Who has to be the, what did you call it? Casualty what? The casualty liaison officer. I know. Who applies for that on Indeed? Casualty liaison. Ooh, yes. No, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The report when they found her body hadn't mentioned her teeth, which were damaged, but it had mentioned matches and an aerosol can when the crime scene was described. However, there were no pictures of matches, only of a lighter. So if they got that detail wrong, had they gotten anything else wrong? All signs point to yes. Yeah. To start his own investigation basically required an act of Congress. He was sent the copy of the autopsy, but the military stonewalled them at every other step for information. Dr. Johnson had to file several Freedom of Information Act requests, and finally the Army sent him the information. Except what they sent him was poorly done, black and white Xerox copies of everything, and it was all terrible quality. They even literally sent him a Xerox copy of a CD-ROM. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is he supposed to yeah, they didn't send the actual CD-ROM. Just So he knew it existed. So he requested the CD-ROM and they said, we already sent you a copy of it. And he's like, okay. yeah, a copy of a picture of it. I'm you can't copy a, C- a CD-ROM on a scanner. Oh, God. Uh, so then Dr. Johnson steps up his game and he gets members of Congress involved. So in 2007, Congressman Lacey Clay starts getting involved and even goes on C-SPAN with a general and basically forces him on camera to agree to hand over this CD-ROM. They have a whole congressional hearing about it where the military is saying, yeah, just send us the request and we'll send it over. But after the hearing, the general told Clay that the family wasn't entitled to anything, especially that CD, even though he'd agreed to do it on TV. But Clay said, yes, they absolutely are entitled to that and hand it over. I really want to disagree with you on this one. I'm like really trying to fight (laughs) Um, because I just don't want this to be true. But if there's nothing to hide, why wouldn't they just send it? Why wouldn't they just send it? I don't know. You don't have me yet. All right. Dr. Johnson is doing as many interviews with with the media as he can to give Lavina's story to as many outlets as possible. And finally, he gets the CD and is it is full of color photos of his daughter. Mm. He can fully see all of her injuries. And it was far worse than he ever thought. Wait, but I thought he saw her body in the casket. Yeah, he saw her with makeup on, with a nose that appeared reconstructed. Ooh, like wax or something? 
Or like they did. Like as if they'd given her a nose job <gasps> after she died. I didn't know you could do surgery on dead bodies. I don't know. She should have got Nancy Grace involved. (laughs) They reconstructed her Her nose nose. after she died. What are they covering up? Evidence. (laughs) When Dr. Johnson started going through it all, he was so confused. So many things stood out to him as obvious foul play. He couldn't believe the army had concluded suicide so quickly. They were telling him the day they found her body that she had died of a self-inflicted wound. But it didn't add up with what was in these photos. The autopsy hadn't reported any serious injuries except her teeth knocked out, which could be explained maybe by the gun in her mouth. I don't know. Maybe. makes my mouth hurt. I know. I can taste the metal, you know? Ooh, uh. Uh, the only other injuries they noted was a busted lip and scratch marks on her neck. None of that matched the crime scene photos, which looked like she had gone through a serious struggle before her death. Her nose was broken and had clearly been reset before her funeral. She had mm. cuts and abrasions all over her body. There were burn marks on her thigh under her pants. Oh. What about her hands? Because the gloves. He didn't see that in the in the pictures. But I think the worst part of all of it was that he discovered that Lavina's genitals had been mutilated. <gasps> it, it looked like someone had poured a corrosive chemical, possibly lye, on her vagina. But the army said there was no evidence of a sexual assault. So I'm sorry. What other reason would you have to pour a lie on a woman's vagina than to cover up a sex crime? Mm. Why? (laughs) Also, there is evidence that Lavina was sexually assaulted shortly before her death. She was being treated for an STD that her medical records said were a result of a sexual assault. But I don't believe it was ever reported. So it's like she told her doctor, but she never made an official report of it. Wait. Okay. Back up. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely signs of a struggle, Mm -hmm. which they were saying there wasn't any signs of a struggle. That's why they assumed it was a suicide. Suicide. Right. Mm -hmm. And she had previously been sexually assaulted and had told the doctor there, you're saying. Mm Mm-hmm. The medical files said that the STD was a result of a sexual assault. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. So Dr. Johnson shows his brother these pictures. He works in forensics. Dr. Johnson's brother? Dr. Johnson's brother, Works yes. in forensics. Uh-huh. Well, that's lucky. I mean, not lucky. Right. But. <laughs> Convenient. Yeah. My brother works in construction, you know? <laughs> I don't even have a brother. <laughs> yeah, well, you're screwed. <laughs> Dang it. Well, his brother says it looks like they used this stuff called Woundstat, which is this clay powder that the army used to... Like fill wounds, right? Yes. They would use it to uh, put on wounds to stop the bleeding, to fill them and stop the bleeding. The only way to remove Woundstat is to cut it out. I did not know that. An attorney named Donald Watkins heard of Lavina's case and he decided to get involved. Watkins was a very prominent attorney from Alabama who was part of some really important cases, like getting the last surviving Scottsboro boy a full and unconditional pardon in 1975. The Mm. Scottsboro boys were a group of nine black teenagers who in 1931 were falsely accused and convicted of raping two white girls on a train. And 
he got the last surviving one a full and unconditional pardon in 75. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, as I was Googling him, apparently in 2019, he was convicted of wire fraud after it was discovered that he and his son ran an investment scam to the tune of like $10 million. Like he defrauded people like Charles Barkley. Oh, (laughs) I know. I really went back and forth on including that information when I found it out because really the last thing I wanted to do was to have his mistake overshadow the truth about Lavina Johnson since he really was instrumental in putting all of this information together. But at the end of the day, I thought it was important to include it so that it's, <laughs> you know, I'm not hiding any, I'm not covering anything up like. Sounds like you might be. Like the army. <laughs> Um, I forgot Charles Barkley existed until recently because um, he sometimes is on these golf competition tournaments. That oh, we watch. yeah. And he's pretty terrible at golf, but he's pretty endearing. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I forgot Aww. that he was like a thing, though. <laughs> uh, hmm, that's interesting. This episode is sponsored by Pros. Supporting our sponsors really helps support the show. A couple of years ago, I decided it was probably time I figure out some kind of skincare routine. But the problem was, and has always been, too many options. I don't know exactly what I need or what's best for me and my skin. So thus far, my solution has been to just buy a skincare line off the shelf and hope it helps. But that's all about to change when my custom skincare from Pros comes in. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. In fact, in a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pro's proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. That's 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash creepers. That's P-R-O-S E dot com slash creepers for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash creepers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Anyway, Watkins really helped Dr. Johnson put all the evidence together from the army and figure out what they were looking at. And they knew it had to be one of two things. It was either murder or it was a suicide. Like, this was a war zone, but it was on a secure base. It could not have been an accident, like friendly Mm -hmm. fire. So it was homicide or suicide. Well, and friendly fire doesn't account for all the other stuff done to her body. Right. But that was just before, like... All of that, yeah. From, yeah, from the ground, this is what we know we're looking at. So Watkins started with the military findings, where they found it to be a suicide. And he realized that the army only worked with one theory, that Lavina Johnson had put her M16 weapon in her mouth and pulled the trigger. 
In case you're not aware, an M16 is like a 40-inch gun. Lavina Johnson was 61 inches tall. It wouldn't have been impossible for her to pull the trigger, but it would have been difficult and very unlikely, especially since I'm pretty sure she was also assigned a smaller weapon. Mm -hmm. Was the weapon in the crime scene photos? Was it? Yeah. When they saw the crime scene photo, they saw that Lavina is lying on her back in a pool of blood with her right arm draped over her face. And there's a pool of blood on the left side of her body. And like little, not even really kind of small pools of blood to the side that looks like it wasn't pooling from her body because it was in patches. And that's all on the right side of her body. Then there's a cot lying parallel to her body on the left. On the other side of the cot is the M16 placed parallel to the cot. That's weird. So if she'd put her the M16 in her mouth and shot herself, she would have dropped backwards. The gun would have fallen in front of her, not several feet to the side of her and on the other side of a cot. Like, Well, yeah, the cot doesn't, like, it wouldn't have jumped over. Right. The report was really badly written. So much of the information was wrong. It just leaves so much out. She had a broken nose, a lower jaw split, a broken cheekbone, molars bit into her top Ugh. lip, a broken neck, a dislocated shoulder. Her left eye was sunken in, maybe because of the bullet. And she had two big cuts around her mouth, and the shell casing was under her under her right leg. Oh. There also weren't any fingerprints of hers on the trigger or anywhere else on the gun, and she wasn't wearing gloves when she was found. And as far as I know, dead people can't remove boots or gloves or wipe down a gun. She had no gunshot residue on her hands. They didn't do a DNA test on the gun at all, even though they said that she put the gun in her mouth and could easily have tested it for DNA. <sighs> there were also two small cuts on her right thumb that could have given DNA to show that she'd pulled the trigger. Oh, and also, he figured out that the serial numbers on the M16 didn't match the serial number of the weapon that she was issued. Oh. It wasn't even her, her gun. gun. Mm-hmm. And they never explained where her gun was. Which Probably is back in her barracks or wherever they store them. <laughs> Probably hidden now. Yeah. The first responder who went into the tent said that he moved the M16, but his fingerprints were also not on the gun, even though he wasn't wearing gloves either. And the only explanation for this, according to Donald Watkins, is that somebody wiped that gun clean after the investigation started. And there's no explanation for that in the military records. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure, even if they don't know who it was, they would think, we can wipe this clean to maybe protect whoever. And if it's a suicide, and this is, quote-unquote, her gun, it won't matter if her fingerprints are all on it. I don't know. I don't, oh, I don't know. I, I love, I love my military people but this seems shady <laughs> he saw the physical report of her injuries that the army had compiled and so Watkins went to dr johnson and he told him what he did not want to hear that to truly investigate lavina's death and get to the truth they would have to exhume her body dr johnson didn't want to do that but he decided that it was necessary and they did 
How do you exhume a body? Like, are you just as Dig the, it up. No, I know. But like as the next of oh. kin, are you just, you have that right? Or do you have to have some type of like, can you just decide to do that? I think the family can choose to, yes. Request that whenever they mm-hmm. hook up. Actually, CBS paid for the exhumation and the autopsy and then never actually aired a special on her. Why not? Hmm. Well, I mean, I know why, but. Why? I don't I don't know. Don't make me say it. I'm not there yet. What do you think? Well, I'm sure. Why th- wouldn't they air a special on her? I Maybe there was something else going on previously scheduled. <laughs> maybe they had they a flip phone. to the next week. <laughs> they couldn't have pushed the special to the. They're going to pay for the exhumation and an autopsy, but they're not going to air the special on her. <laughs> What do you want? What do you want from me? Okay. I mean, look, it sounds to me like it got shot down by somebody powerful. Allegedly. Allegedly. Maybe. I mean, maybe they just didn't find anything. And so they didn't think the special was necessary. Yeah. The family paid for another autopsy also. Both autopsies resulted in an inconclusive conclusion. Hmm. They couldn't say it wasn't suicide. Which is bonkers to me because she's got all those wounds on her. They showed that she had abrasions all over her body. Her nose was broken. She had a black eye, a broken jaw, and loose teeth, which the military all say are consistent with wounds caused by an M16 bullet discharging, which causes gases to rapidly expand. The autopsy also showed a fracture at the base of her skull, a broken neck. So... Are we supposed to believe that she shot herself with a broken neck? But the coroner's results were not homicide. He said her cause of death was inconclusive and that there wasn't anything that wasn't consistent with suicide. Hmm. But is there anything that isn't consistent with homicide? No. So how can they all be so certain? Also, these reports revealed that parts of her tongue had been cut out, as well as her vagina... An anus. Ew. Ugh. God. Ugh. I know. So something to explain that would be that there was wound stat in her vagina and her anus. They cut it out. Her tongue missing could be due to the fact that the missing bullet was lodged in her tongue. Mm. And so they cut it out. If the bullet had been found there, it would have been clear that it wasn't a suicide. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to literally The missing I know. The missing parts of her body were not noted anywhere in the original autopsy by the army. He did not make a note of cutting out pieces of her body. Right. As in, like, he didn't and then, do it. You mean. Or as in, he did it and didn't oh, I make was, any official record of it. Oh, I was thinking you meant, like, someone did it before him. Well, it was the army, the army doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I want. I guess they're not addressing like all of the abrasions and stuff on her for the suicide, but no one puts themselves through that much pain for someone they dated two months. Uh-uh. A girl as strong as that in the military is not going to take her own life for a two month boyfriend. She and, got her Coke okay. and her Hershey candy bar, <laughs> right? <laughs> and know. this is the part that really gets me. Oh, oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> no. It's these burn marks. Her thigh had been badly burned, but her gray sweatpants were on her body and there was no burn marks on the sweatpants. 
So how did everything below her belt happen to her with her pants still on? I don't understand how they're saying this is suicide, especially since that's not all. Going back to the evidence collected by the army, they found a trail of blood outside of the tent where she died, and she had debris on the back of her clothes that would be consistent with someone dragging her into the tent. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like she actually died in the tent. Also, that can of aerosol that they found and the matches, no fingerprints on those either. I thought it was a lighter. I don't know what what it was. If it was a matches, if it was lighters. They keep going back and forth. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. There were no pictures of matches, but her fingerprints weren't found on those, weren't found anywhere in the tent. So basically, there's no evidence at all to suggest that this was a suicide or even that she was suicidal. The morning of her death, she's talking to her parents about being excited to come home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. She'd made future plans with them to decorate the tree. And yet... The army declared it to be a suicide within one day of her death. Yeah. Watkins said they ignored all the evidence that she had been brutally beaten and murdered because Lavina's base commander basically all but told them to rule the case a suicide. What? Where does he get off? Watkins or the base commander? The base commander. Right. Well, I guess can, if he's the commander, that's where he gets <laughs> off on his power. I gotta get a gotta get some titles in front of my name. Right. So what motive would the military have for covering up the murder of Lavina Johnson? Well, Donald Watkins has a theory, and this is what he says. This is what he has determined after gathering all of the evidence and putting it all together, but a big blanket statement that this is all alleged. That's right. So who would the military go to such lengths to cover up for? They don't think the military would do this for a low-ranking soldier. So it must be someone high up in the ranks. There was a general there at the base at the time who, for reasons of I don't want to get sued, we will simply refer to as the general, even though that makes me want to sing that jingle. The, that I just have to say. <laughs> Something go with the general, general and save some time. Some time. <laughs> It's an insurance, a local insurance. Uh, is that local or is it not? No, I must have known it from. Houston. I think it's regional. I think it is regional. Yeah. Something with the general and save some time. Donald great. Watkins has named him. He put up a wanted poster with his face on it on his website. Oh. <laughs> so his name is out there, this guy that he's accusing of this crime. So you can find it if you would like to, but you will not find it from me (laughs) for reasons of I don't want to get sued. Fair. In Lavina's personal effects, her dad had found a handwritten list of the chain of command at this time, and his name was right there at the top of the list. He was a four-star general. And I texted my friend Leslie, who is in the military, and I was like, is a four-star general a big deal? And she said, Yes. Yes. It's a very big deal. Remember when my boss's boss was the highest ranking general in the army? Like, like she had the highest uh, level. Oh my Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm working with <laughs> what a what a queen. What a queen. Well, this guy wasn't as cool as her. He was only third from the top among all of the generals in the army. 
Which, yeah, I had to go to Leslie, and I also went to the Army website to determine if that was a big deal or <laughs> they not. They show you the I know little, like, of, symbols. Yes. And I know nothing of military life. But, yes, it's a very big deal. This is the same general that told Lavina that her voice was too soft when she tried to get those soldiers to leave the communication center so she could close up. Which they made a, her and her – her not her, because she's not around – her dad and Donald Watkins made a really big deal about this whole interaction with the soldiers refusing to leave and the general reprimanding her for her soft voice instead of reprimanding the men for not leaving and, and following that. Or I mean, she, she was a like the second from the bottom rank you could be. She was a private first class mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Good. Yeah, that's basically like the bottom. Yeah. So to me, that incident doesn't seem like it should have the weight that they were giving it, that he's telling her she has a soft voice. Yeah, I I think, too, I agree with you. I I mean, it's not very feminist of him, but like. Right. No, but I also think and I know this isn't the same thing, but think about how many times I don't know if this has happened to you, but I think even about like, well, my dad was in the military, too, but people telling you like. Put your elbows into it. Put some more mustard behind. Like I've all my life have been told like, hey, suck it up. Like use your voice. Like, you know, kind of a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost as I'm sure it's like toxic masculinity, but almost some type of encouragement to like, hey, like own your space, you know? Yes. And I'm not saying that this isn't toxic masculinity, but Ooh. I'm also saying I don't think that the fact that he's getting on to her about her soft voice is any sort of indication that he murdered her. Like, I I don't think that that – I think it probably was upsetting to her. I think she probably was embarrassed and, like, upset that Mm -hmm. he yelled at her because who likes getting yelled at? But – I feel like that's the only way they communicate. Yeah. Right. This married general happened to also be having an affair (sighs) with a defense contractor And the affair came to light, and the Pentagon ordered him to break off the affair. But did the general listen? Not to the Pentagon. (laughs) He listened to his (laughs) pee-pee. That's in my script. (laughs) Oh, my God. I hate you for that. I can't un... First of all, what people didn't see is you literally point down. (laughs) Okay. I yeah. I was in some kind of mood when I wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's written down. Wow. It's written down. <sighs> the general's rank gave him a lot of freedom, including being able to travel wherever he wanted, whenever he wanted. And he found it pretty easy to hide the affair from the Pentagon. He must have been real sloppy to have gotten caught the first time. But getting caught again would result in a court martial. Mm-hmm. Lavina's family believes that after she left her friend's barracks, she was on her own because the army had never assigned her a battle buddy like they were supposed to. So walking alone, she made her way to that military contractor's tent on base and spotted the general with his pants down, so to speak. The general became so desperate and afraid at having been caught that he snapped and began assaulting Lavina. He broke her nose, fractured her neck, knocked her teeth back, and then he tried to stage the crime scene to make it look like both a rape and a suicide for whatever reason. Uh. 
He pulled her pants and underwear down. He poured the lie to make it look like she'd been raped and it was an attempt to destroy DNA evidence. But I don't know why they don't think she was actually raped. This whole theory has some major holes in it for me. I'm sorry. Whose theory is this, though? This is Donald Watkins' theory. Then the general sent the tent on fire and left the scene. No clue where his lady lover was for all of that either, if she caught them together. Yeah, that's what I was confused about. Caught him with their pants down, and then he does all this in front of her. I don't don't buy this one. So the army said, a lot of gas is expelled when you pull the trigger of an M16. And so that could explain some of that damage to her mouth. But there are just some things that have not been explained. And hang on, actually, I have a big list of those. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it seems extensive. How her body got into such battered shape, how she was shot in the top of her head, how if and how she could have pulled the trigger on an M16, why there were no fingerprints of anyone on the gun, not even the first responder who had moved it. They haven't explained her broken jaw, her broken neck. The burn marks. There were bite marks on her body as well. And especially the corrosive chemical on her vagina has never been mentioned or explained in any official military report. Yeah, that is really bothersome to me. Yes. The most bothersome of all of the points. Yes. I'm not done with my points, though. I know, but so far, okay? (laughs) Don't push me. Mm, Trying not to. Why was there no gunpowder residue on her hands? Why did they never find the bullet? Why was the M16 found with Lavina not her gun? Why were there pieces of her tongue, vagina, and anus removed during the autopsy without any notes about their removal? Why wouldn't the military hand over the investigation records on her death without a congressional hearing? And why they suddenly fired this general, to everyone's shock and surprise, three weeks after Lavina's murder and three months before his scheduled retirement. That's the second they, bothersome point to me. Mm-hmm. They claimed it was due to this affair, but there is so much more to this story. The founder of the Huffington Post, Ariana Huffington, she had Wait, this to really? say about. Yeah, that's her last name. Yeah. Huh. I say that like I knew that. I was surprised too when I read that. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like close personal friends with Ariana. Yeah. Okay. And she had this to say. My close personal friend, Ariana Huffington. Yeah, when you had lunch with her. Yes. This is what she told me. And I verbatim just wrote it down. Okay. This is what she had to say about the general's firing. Probably in the Huffington Post. (laughs) The general firing is stunning. In modern times, no four-star general has ever been relieved of duty for disciplinary reasons. Prior to this incident, the general had a spotless military record. He has been separated from his wife since May of 2004. So he wasn't even, I mean, he was still married, but he'd been separated for a year. Mm -hmm. The allegations do not involve anyone under his command or connected to the DOD, and he was already set up to retire in November. Something doesn't add up. Would the army really can 
she used the word can. Would the army really can a four-star general with 36 years of service, three months shy of his retirement because he screwed someone other than his wife in the middle of a war? There has to be more, much more to this story than is being told. And I think that is the strongest evidence against this general because Donald Watkins' whole other theory just sounds like he made stuff up to me and tried to fit the general into there. But the fact that he was fired three weeks later, three months before his retirement as a four-star general sounds suspicious. But there was so much more to this story, so much that eight years, eight whole years after her death, the Pentagon classified this suicide as a matter of national security. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. No. Wait. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Wait. <laughs> no. Confused. I, it's because <laughs> before I could really, this whole time I was trying to figure out what DOD stood for, and then I realized it was Department of Defense, right? When you yes. said DOD, and I was like, DOD. Yes. Yes. Department of Defense. Okay. Because I was trying to figure that out, and then I was like, that's where my brain was at. They think this is like a terrorist situation. Right. If this was ah. a suicide, why on earth would it be classified as a matter of national security? At least 83 other soldiers completed suicide the same year Lavina died. Why is her death the only one on this list? Is it a list of one? Yeah. President Bush and Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had a classified briefing about her death and the situation with the oh, general. Listen, so don't, road trip to the Bushes. <laughs> listen, oh, don't you talk about my man or I will end this Zoom call yesterday. I will, you will not get me on record saying anything about my one true love. So. I, I need everyone to know that in college, Mogab had a picture of George W. Bush. On her dorm room door. Okay, in college, I mean, how about downstairs right now? And before all of y'all come for me in the comments, it's not even about <laughs> politics, okay? I just am in love with the man for the true Texas gentleman he is. Remember when I tried to enter that raffle to buy his King Ranch Ford that was like he'd signed the dashboard with a Sharpie? So yes! I don't know if you know this, but that there's like a photo of him in a cowboy hat and like blue jeans up against that truck. And that was my cover photo. I'll never live this down. That was my cover photo when I applied for the job. And obviously people like Facebook stalked me. I obviously got the job, but that was my cover photo. I thought you meant like you had to submit something and that was your cover photo on the application. No, but I mean, I would have. I love how you're saying that. And I'm thinking like, if you go downstairs right now, all the magnets on my fridge are of him. <laughs> like, are you kidding? So please tell me how wonderful he was again. So, well, he knows the secrets of this. So if you ever want to, you know. Well, he held, the, he held the most powerful position in our country. So you didn't ask me what my third most bothersome thing was. And you know, it's oh. always going to be in threes. What's your third most bothersome thing? Do you remember my first two? No. Oh, God. It's like you don't even listen to me. The first oh, one was sorry. there was no mention of the possible rape or like all of that damage uh -huh. to her body. Yes. And then the second was the general being discharged. Do we know if it was uh -huh. honorable or dishonorable discharge? He was fired. Oh, okay. The third is that someone had the audacity to scan a copy of a CD-ROM. 
<laughs> and then say that he got the copy of the CD-ROM. We sent that to I him. am. That might be my second most bothersome thing, honestly. <laughs> that person needs to answer for their crimes, whoever you are. Yes. The spokesperson for the Army called their investigation thorough and complete, and they said they were ready to reopen the case if any new, credible, compelling evidence came to life. But that just seems like a lie, because I feel like there's a lot of credible and compelling evidence, and they're not reopening the case because this is a cover-up. They're covering up for something. And I don't know if they're covering up for that general or someone else. I do think the timing of his firing is very interesting and the fact that he'd been separated from his wife. But that's where we're at with the Mm -hmm. murder of Lavina Johnson. Like, we have no answers. Do you think they would cover up for him even though they fired him? Like, I mean, I get like they fired him Mm -hmm. after maybe, but they don't want all this to come out. That's what the speculation is. Yeah, hmm. I do. I don't know. Is it, I, is it out of the realm of possibilities mm-hmm. that it could be someone totally unrelated with the army? Like a contractor? I mean, it was on the base. Yeah, I know, but. So no. And then I don't think the mil- why would they cover up for that person? It's not a suicide. It's so obvious. No, that it's I not don't a think suicide. it's a suicide. I think it's a homicide. I just so who, why would they cover up for some like I'm sure they would have loved it if it was a contractor. But honestly, I wonder if they just assumed I I don't know because they're not releasing the name of this guy that she was with all day. There, I mean, there's just so little information. Like. I couldn't mm-hmm. find anything. It was really hard to find information for this. And we have no answers. And the family has no answers. Like, that is that is where we're at, is these weird things on her body, things that don't add up with what the army is saying, and then them just double downing and saying, no, our investigation was thorough and complete, it's a su- and I don't understand why these independent autopsies came back inconclusive. Like, I just don't, I don't understand. Somewhere, something doesn't fit. And I just don't know what it yeah. is or why. Because then there was this other group that had really dived into this case. Like, it was like some law group that I read. And they had gone into this case, looked into this case for like three years. And they said... Nope, everything's on the up and up. And I just, I don't understand. There's just so much that doesn't make sense. Why is she on this national security list? Why is Bush getting Watch it. a briefing on her? Why is the president getting a briefing on her? Well, that part, I think, right, would make sense. Uh, well, do you I think he got a briefing suicide. on all 83 suicides that year? And who sexually assaulted her that gave her the mm-hmm. STD? Who's that person? They never looked into that. They said that she wasn't sexually assaulted, but there's lie or wound stat or something. Pieces cut out of her vagina. I, I, this makes me really sad. And I really want the family to receive the answers they deserve. But yeah, definitely more to the story. Yeah, for sure. So I have an organization this week oh. that I want to highlight. And that 
organization is called Protect Our Defenders. And so from their website, their mission statement says, Protect Our Defenders is the only national organization solely dedicated to ending the epidemic of rape and sexual assault in the military and to combating a culture of pervasive misogyny, sexual harassment, and retribution against victims. In 2018, over 20,000 service members were sexually assaulted, and that is the highest it's ever been since 2006. Retaliation for reporting is the norm, and convictions are extremely rare. Protect Our Defenders is the preeminent national human rights organization dedicating to ending, dedicated to ending sexual violence, victim retaliation, misogyny, sexual prejudice, and racism in the military, and combating a culture that has allowed it to persist. We honor, support, and give voices to survivors of military sexual violence. We seek reform to ensure all service members are provided a safe and respectful work environment free from misogyny and racism and have access to a fair, impartially administered system of justice. So if you would like to learn more about them or about this huge issue of sexual assault in the military, you can find them at protectourdefenders.com. Yes, please take all of my money. Actually, yeah, I mean, please I don't. I, I we don't have any money, but <laughs> yeah, take but take all of my money. Yes, that's a really great mission. Mm-hmm. Sad that they need to exist at all, but and hopefully one day they won't. You know, um, maybe they can. Maybe we can put them out of business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is going to require an entire cultural shift in the military. You know, it's just this pervasive thing, and yeah. that's hard to change. Yeah, culture change has to happen slow and steady, and I understand that. Hey, peeps and creeps, thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from all of you, so find us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at CreepersPod. You can also email Kristen or I any feedback or case suggestions at CreepersPod at gmail.com. Also, a huge thank you to everyone who has left us a review on Apple Podcasts. They help us out so much. So we'd really, really appreciate it if you would take a minute, if you liked this episode, and get onto either Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Audible, and leave us a five-star rating and a review. And be sure to subscribe to True Crime Creepers so you'll have our next episode as soon as it drops when I'll tell Mogab another crazy story. Get out! That's what you said last time. Ah! <sighs> Well, didn't I deliver? You always do. Bye, peeps and creeps. Bye.